Welcome. In recent weeks, there has been a lot of discussion about Yishmael, the descendants of Yishmael, about their role in current events and in the events which uh, will lead to the Achris Yamim. I will not engage in such discussion for the simple reason that, I'm, that I don't feel qualified to do so. But what I would like to do is to take a little bit of a look at Yishmael in the Torah, try to understand a little bit about this, this person. He is certainly not a, a flat, uh, monochrome character. There is certainly some complexity here. Let's begin near the very end of Parshas Chaye Sora, where the Torah tells us about <clears throat> Yishmael's death. Perik Chafei, Pasuk Yud Zayin. Ve'ele Shnei Chaye Yishmael. These are the years of the life of Yishmael. Ma'as Shana, a hundred years, or probably more literally, a hundred of years. Ushleishim Shana, and thirty years. Ve'sheva Shanim, and seven years. So Yishmael lived to the ripe old age of 137 years. Vayigva vayamos. And he will translate as he expired. Mitzvah will talk later about what exactly that word vayigva means. But he expired and he died. Vayyosef el amov. And he was gathered to his people. We've discussed that phrase before. It seems to mean that he was gathered um, together with the, with the souls of his forefathers. Pasek Yud Ches. Vayishkenu mechaviloh, and they dwelled from chaviloh ad shur, from a place called chaviloh all the way to a place called shur. Now, who is this they dwelled? It's not 100% explicit in the Pasek, but the meaning seems to be that this is referring to the descendants of Yishmael. So they dwelled from Chavilah until Shur, Ashir al Pane Mitzrayim. Shur is on the face of Mitzrayim. It's somewhere near Mitzrayim. Boacha Ashura, as you come to Ashur. Now, honestly, I don't understand the geography here. My understanding is that Ashur is to the north of Eretz Israel. Mitzrayim is on the south of Eretz Israel. How could you say about a place? that it's near Mitzrayim as you come towards Ashur. I don't know. Alpanei cholechov nofal. Upon the face of all of his brethren, he fell. Before we see the Rashi, I'd like to point out a, a, something in, in Diktuk, in grammar here. The Pasuk begins with the verb vayishkenu, which is a typical past tense verb in the Torah. It's really, Yishkenu is really future tense. Yishkenu really means they will dwell. But the va, the vav with the pasach underneath, flips it over and makes it into a past tense. So it's saying that the descendants of Yishmuel, they dwelled in such and such a place, within these boundaries. And then the Pasuk says, that he fell, or as Rashi says, he dwelled, all amongst his brethren, all, all scattered about, all amongst all his other brethren. But here the verb form is nafal, a regular 
past tense, not vayipol, but rather nafal. Why is that? Well, as we've discussed in the past, one of the uses of this simple past tense, or what I call the avar bilti siduri, the non-narrative past tense, is to be choser umevayer. It has several meanings and several uses, but the one that I think is being used here is what I, what I would call choser umevayer, meaning vayishkenu, that's really the main verb in the sentence. The main point that's being made, the main action that is being recorded in this pasuk is that the descendants of Yishmael, they dwelt in such and such a place, within such and such borders. Now the Torah is coming back to give us some detail, some extra clarification about that dwelling. And the, and the Pasuk says, Al nafal. He fell or he dwelt upon the face of all of his brethren. So that's Achazer Umavir, another grammatical point that I noticed just as I'm reading the Pasuk now is that Vayishkenu is plural, they dwelt, but Alpanechalechav Nafal is singular. I think when we see the Rashi, we'll be able to understand that. Let's begin with the Rashi on Pasuk Yud Zion. Yishmael, etc. These are the years of the life of Yishmael. Amar why are the years of Yishmael counted? The question itself uh, teaches us something, that Yishmael is not so primarily important in the narrative of the Torah. Why the Torah began this whole parsha by telling us the years of, of Sarah? Rashi didn't ask that question. He asked a question about the particular style in which it was done. But he didn't ask, why would the Torah tell us how many years Sarah lived? That's, that is a primary, Sarah in her life, that's a primary central part of the whole Torah's narrative. But here, where the Torah tells us the, the, the number of years that Yishmael lived, Rashi begins with a question, like, who cares? Why do we have to know this? Why would the Torah tell this to us? So Rashi answers, in order to relate, in order to calculate the years of Yaakov based on the years of Yishmuel. Meaning, if we'll know how many years Yishmuel lived, we can calculate certain, certain points about the timeline of Yaakov Avinu's life. Rashi continues, Lamadna, we learn, we, we learn from this, we learn from the fact that we know that Yishmael learned, lived for 137 years. We can deduce from this that Yaakov, when he left his father, in order to go out to the, the relatives, to go out to Lavan and to find a wife there, before he went, he was Shemesh, he served in the yeshiva of Aver. He learned, he studied in the academy of Aver, the son of, of, um, of Aver, the son of Shem ben Noach. He served there for 14 years. Rashi says, Because when Yaakov left his father, 
Meis Yishmael. It was just at that time that Yishmael died. Shinemar, Yeluch Esav el Yishmael. It says that Esav went and he married one of the daughters of Yishmael. But it says there, it was one of the daughters of Yishmael, but she was the sister of Nivayos. And Rashi there explains that Yishmael died after the Shidduch was made, and Nivayos, the, 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 the woman's brother, one of Yishmael's sons, he, he married her off. He, he took charge of the affairs. As it is explained in the Gemara at the end of the chapter called Megillah Nikres. Now, just what Rashi tells us here is only a very bare outline. If one will go to the Rashi at the end of Parshas Toldes, Rashi makes a full calculation of how, based on the fact that Yishmael lived 137 years, and based on the fact that we know that it was just when Yaakov was leaving his father's home, that's when um, Yishmael died. If you put that together, together with certain other uh, chronological facts that are in the Torah, we can deduce that Yaakov spent 14 years in the yeshiva of Aver before he actually embarked on his journey to Lovim. Uh, I'm proud to say that with my very poor mathematical skills, I was able to follow the Rashi there at the end of Parshas Toldos. So that's a proof that almost anybody could also follow what Rashi says there. We're not going to, not going to attempt to do it publicly. We see both from Rashi's question and from his answer that Yishmael is somewhat of a peripheral character in the Torah's narrative. Rashi begins with a question. Why do we have to know his years at all? Why at all do we need to know how many years did he live? He's not such an important person. Why would we want to know how long he lived? That's the question. The question reflects the attitude that he is a peripheral character. And the answer further enforces that, that, that idea. Because what's the answer? The answer is, yeah, it's true, we don't, uh, not really so important to know how many years Yishmael lived, but by knowing it, we can figure out something about Yaakov. So Yishmael is some sort of a tuffel, some sort of a secondary figure. The Torah talks about him, yes, but, but only in order to tell us more about the important people, such as Yaakov Avinu. Let's continue in Rashi. Rashi comments on the word Vayigva, he expired. And Rashi says, The word Gvia, this word for expiring, Ligvoa, is only said by Sadiqim. We'll discuss this more later in Mirza Hashem. But we see here that although Yishmael is somewhat peripheral, and although some of the de- at least some of the details about Yishmael's life are only recorded in the Torah because they actually tell us, give us extra information about the really important people, such as Yaakov, and yet he was a tzaddik. Now what does that mean he was a tzaddik? We have a number of psukim and a number of Rashi comments that indicate that he was not a Sadiq. He harassed his brother Yitzchak, and he went out into the Midbar and he harassed, harassed other people. So what does it mean that when Yishmoel died, 
he, his death is described in terms that are only used for tzaddikim. So we have to go back a few psukim. We have to go back to Perik Chafei, this same Perik. But we have to go back to Pasuk Ches. And there it says, Vayigva Vayomos Avraham. There it describes to us the death of Avraham, etc. Vayikbaru Oso Yitzok V'Yishmuel Banov. And it says that Yitzok and Yishmuel, his children, his sons, they buried Avraham. And it says, Yitzchak the Yishmael. And on that Rashi comments, Mikan Sha'asi Yishmael Tshuva. From here, we derive that Yishmael did Teshuva. He repented. He abandoned his evil ways. V'hoilich es Yitzchak the Fanov. And he put Yitzchak in front of him. He allowed Yitzchak to take, take the prime role in burying his father, and Yishmael assisted. The Seva Toiva Avraham, and that is the Seva Toiva, the good old age that was promised to Avraham, that even though while Avraham was, was alive, he had the disappointment that his son Yishmael was not so well behaved. But when he died, Yishmael was a tzaddik. So that's uh, he lived to a good old, ripe, happy old age. So we see here that Yishmael did teshuva. Very interesting. Let's go to the next Rashi. The, the next Pasuk says, Al nafal, that Yishmael or his, his descendants, they fell upon all of their brethren. What does that mean, they fell? So Rashi says, Shachan, he dwelled. Nafal, to fall, means to, to dwell, to live someplace. I fell into Brooklyn in 1979. I didn't fall. I was standing up straight when I came. I may have been crazy, but I was standing up straight when I came. So I dwelled, I settled in Brooklyn. So Rashi again says, Nafal, Shachan. Kamo, similar to a Pasuk that we find. Umidyan v'yamalek, uvenei kedem, neiflim ba'emek. Pasuk in Sefer Shoftim is, descri- is describing where certain nations were staying, where certain nations were dwelling. It says Midian and an Amalek and someone called the Bnei Kedem. They were Neflim Ba'emek. They were sitting or dwelling in the valley. Now, Rashi here raises a question. Kan hu nefila. Here the Pasuk says about Yishmael Nefila. He fell. Now, yes, we said it means shachan, but still, the Pasuk uses the word no fell. So here it uses the expression of falling. Ula halon, in a different place, the different place is back in Perak Zion Yud Beis, in a previous Pasuk. Ula halon hu oimer, in a different place it says, al panei chol echov yishkon. Kodesh Baruch Hu predicted, Kodesh Baruch Hu, uh, it was revealed a prophecy that Yishmael will be al panechol echav yishkon. He will dwell upon all of his brethren. He'll be all around all of his brethren. He'll be kind of mixed in with everybody and getting in everybody's way. So we have a contradiction. Here it says nafal. Previously it said shachin. So Rashi answers, Ad shalemes Avraham 
Yishkon, until Abraham died, so Yishmael was Yishkon, he dwelt. Mishemes Abraham, but ever after Abraham died, Nafal, he fell. We will discuss this Rashi more in detail very soon. Before we move on, though, I mentioned before that there's an internal contradiction in this Pasuk itself. The Pasuk begins with Vayishkenu, which is plural. They, the descendants of Asa of uh, Yishmael, dwelled, but it ends with a singular verb, Nafal. According to Rashi, it comes out very good. Perhaps that was part of Rashi's proof. The Vayishkenu is a general, well, actually, no. Erase that. I, I, not, I have no comment on that for the moment. But Rashi says, as long as Avram, Avram was alive, Yishmael had a status called Yishkoin, he will dwell. Once Avraham died, so then Nafal, he fell. Um, one point I would like to make about this Rashi before we move on is that if one looks in the Midrash, the, the, the source of this Rashi is in the Midrash Rabbah. The Midrash Rabbah is on the Pasuk in Tezayin Yud Beis, on the other Pasuk, on the previous Pasuk. When the Pasuk says, Al Yishkoin, the Midrash raises the question, why does it say Yishkoin, but later it says Nafal. The Midrash raises the contradiction, and the Midrash gives the answer that Rashi copies here. Rashi, however, back on Perak Tezai and Pasikud base, makes no comment about the word Yishkon. It is only here where it says Nafal, Rashi wakes up to the contradiction, and he says, why does it say Nafal here if in the other place it said Yishkon? And Rashi gives his answer. What's the difference between Rashi and the Midrash? It's a difference which we've discussed many, many times. The derech of the Midrashim and the Gemara also is that they had the entire Tanakh in their heads, and when they came to a Pasuk, and if they knew that there's a Pasuk somewhere later in Tanakh, even all the way at the other end of Tanakh, they very often raised the question right away. Rashi, who also knew all of Tanakh very, very well, no doubt about it, but Rashi's derech was the derech of Pshutei Shal Mikra. The derech of Pshutei Shal Mikra, according to Rashi, includes that when you come to a Pasuk and it's sensible and it has no internal contradictions or internal difficulties, you leave it alone. You don't raise questions based on something that it says later. So Rashi, back in Brashish Perak Zion, let it be. He dwelt amongst all of his brethren. Very nice. It's only here in Parashish Chayi where the Torah uses a different word, where the Torah uses the word Nafal, here Rashi saw fit to comment. I would like to raise three questions on these Rashi comments that we just read. Number one, in the first comment that Rashi makes about why the Torah told us the, the number of years that Yishmael lived, and, and the Rashi answers that it's in order to be able to calculate from them a certain fact in the timeline of Yaakov's life. So Rashi sounds like there was really no need to know Yishmael's years, other than the Yaches Behen Shnois of Shul Yaakov. There was really no need to know it, except 
as a way of calculating certain things about Yaakov's life, as we mentioned. But we have to ask, why couldn't Rashi explain regarding Ishmael's years something similar to what he explained about the years of Sarah at the very beginning of the Parsha and about the years of Abraham uh, just a little bit near, near the end of the Parsha? Everyone knows the Rashi on the first Pasuk in this Parsha, Vayiyu Chaye Sarah, and the, the life of Sarah was, it was a hundred years and thirty years, pardon me, and twenty years and seven years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Rashi there says, Rashi there begins by saying, This is why the word Shana is repeated. It is mentioned by every part of the number. You take the number 127, so it, you can break it down into 127. And in fact, the Torah puts the, puts the word Shana by each portion of the number. It says, Mea Shana, Esrim Shana, Sheva Shanim. Where it could have just said, Meyeve Esrim Vesheva Shanim. So Rashi explains, why did the Torah write the word Shana all three times? So Rashi answers to tell us that Sarah, to tell us the following about Sarah, that baskuf kebaschof lechet. When she was 100, she was just the same as she had been when she was 20 regarding sin. Ma baschof lechot, just like when she was 20, she had not sinned. Shahare ena bas onshin, because Rashi says she was not yet uh, old enough to be punished in the heavenly court. So at age 20, she was without sin. So af bas kuf, So even when she was 100, and she certainly could have been punished for whatever sins she may have done, but she was completely clean of sin. U bas and when she was 20, she was similar to how she had been when she was seven, Leofi, for beauty. This is somewhat controversial, but let's just take it as it is, that at age 20, she had a very uh, pure kind of beauty, just like a seven-year-old. There's much commentary about each point there in Rashi, but what do we see? That when the Torah tells us someone's age, when the person's final age that the person has reached, and it says, Shana, 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 it repeats, repeats the word Shana, that is telling us something, and that, that is to be expanded upon. We find that by Sarah. We also find it by Avraham. It says about Avraham in Perachafei Pasuk Zion, Ve'ele yemei shnei chaye Avraham. These are the days of the years of the life of Avraham, Asher Choy, that he lived, Ma'as Shana, a hundred years, V'shivim Shana, and seventy years, V'chamei Shanim, and five years. And Rashi there comments, Ben Kuf Kaven Ayin, when he was a hundred, he was just like when he was seventy. Rashi will explain in what manner in a moment. Uven Ayin Kaven Hey, and when he was seventy, he was just like when he was five, Bolochet, without any sins. Why exactly these numbers? What's the significance of 70 and 5? One can look at the Meforshim and Rashi. 
But here again, the Pasuk says, a hundred years and seventy years and five years, the repetition of that word years or shana is telling us something. So we have to ask, why couldn't Rashi do the same thing regarding Yishmael? By Yishmael also it says, Ma'as shana, ushleishim shana, v'sheva shanim. A hundred years and thirty years and seven years. Now it's true that Yishmael was not at Sadiq for all that time. Yishmael did shuva when his father Avraham died, as we learned, but it would seem that there, there must be something to expound upon over here. There must be some, some limud, something to be derived from the fact that the Torah repeats the word shana. Rashi talks as if, no, nah, really, no real reason altogether why the years of Yishmael are mentioned. Only he answers, because if you know how many years he lived, you can calculate something about the timeline of Yaakov's life. So that's question number one. Why didn't Rashi expound upon the repetition of the word Shana as used in the Pasuk about Yishmuel? Question number two. We read in Rashi that Vayigva, this, this expression that Yishmuel was Vayigva, that he expired and then he died, Rashi says, Lo So we need to understand what's that all about. Well, what does that mean? Why is this expression, Vayigva, reserved only for the death of Sadiqim? And question number three is on the last few words in the last Rashi. Rashi says that as long as Abraham was alive, Yishmael was Yishkon, he dwelled, which is a means that he, he lived in a, in a solid fashion, he was settled and successful. But Mishemes Avraham, when Avraham died, Nafal, he fell. Now, the question is, what exactly does that mean, that he fell? Does it mean that he fell in his morality, in his sidkus? But Rashi said in a different place, that, that we, and we mentioned this, that Yishmael did shuva when Avraham died, and he obviously remained at Sadiq because when he died, the Torah uses the phrase Gvia, which Rashi said is only is reserved, is only used for Sadiqim. So what exactly does it mean that after Avraham died, Yishmuel fell? Our first question was, why doesn't Rashi expound upon the repetition of the word Shana by each of the parts of the calculation of Yishmael's life, of the years of his life, the way he did regarding Sarah and the way he did regarding Avraham. There is a lot written on this topic. One can look in the Mizrahi, one can look in the Gurarye, other super commentaries on Rashi. There's a lot written on this. Um, I'll be honest, I got a, I got a little lost trying to, trying to go through some of these comments. I'm going to suggest something uh, somewhat simpler. I, I don't know if it's right. I, I leave it to the, to the listeners to decide. It could be that Rashi's explanations about Sarah and Avraham are not based solely on the repetition of the word Shana. Certainly, that's part of it. It says by Sarah that she lived, um, that she lived 
מאה שנה, עשרים שנה, שבע שנים, I mean, certainly that word שנה has something to do, is in some way a source for Rashi's comment that she was uh, free of sin uh, when she was uh, when she was a hundred, just like when she was a hundred years old, just like when she was twenty years old, and so on. But I think there's something else going on here also. I think there's another something else. There's another point that really serves as Rashi's proof. And that is, it says regarding Sarah, Vayihiyu chaye Sarah. And the life of Sarah was. That expression is somewhat superfluous. Certainly somewhat unusual. It doesn't even say that phrase regarding Avraham. By Avraham it says, these are the days of the life, the days of the, interesting expression by Avraham, but these are the days of the years of the life of Avraham. By Sarah it says, this, these are the life of Sarah. In other words, I think that scripture is telling us here that this is how Sarah lived. Now, what it goes on to tell us is, how many years did she live? What was her total number of years lived? So, you have the obvious question. How is that explaining to you, this is how Sarah lived? Sounds like, I'm going to tell you about the life of Sarah. I'm going to tell you what kind of a life she had. And then the end of the passage just says that uh, she died when she was 127. So from that is part of Rashi's source, that it must be that Mea Shanavi, Esrim Shanavi, Sheva Shanim is not just telling us how many years she lived, but it's telling us how she lived. She lived in such a way that when she was 100, she was free of sin, like when she was 20, and when she was 20, she had a pure and pristine beauty, just like when she was 7. Similarly, by Avraham, the Pusik says, Okay, these are the days of the years of Avraham's life, but it says something else, Asher Chai, that he lived. So here also, I think those two words, Asher Chai, these are the years that he lived, I think they indicated to Rashi that what should come next in the Pusik is some comment about how he lived, what kind of a life he lived. But, surprisingly, the Pasuk just tells us how many years he lived. So, therefore, Rashi said, no, that's not what the end of the Pasuk means. The end of the Pasuk is not just telling us how long he lived. It's telling us about how he lived. He lived in such a way that when he was 100, he was free of sin, just like when he was 70. And when he was 70, he was free of sin, just like when he was 5. However, when you come to the Pasuk about Yishmael, you don't have either of those two phrases. You don't have Vayiyu Chaye Yishmael, and you don't have Asher Chai. All you have is Shnei Chaye Yishmael. These are the years of the life of Yishmael. I think that indicates that this is just a cheshben. This is just a, a, a piece of mathematics. This is how long he lived. He lived 137 years. 
And I think that's part of Rashi's proof that these years of Yishmael, they're just a piece of mathematics. They're not telling us about how he lived. There are other psukim perhaps for that, to tell us different specific points or general points about his life. But this Pasuk is just telling us how long he lived. On which Rashi asks, well, why would we need to know that? And to which Rashi answers, we really don't need to know it. Except, if you'll know this fact, how long he lived, you can figure out something very important about, not about him, you can figure out something very important about Yaakov. This perhaps is a simple way to understand why Rashi darshans, why he expounds upon the years of Sarah and the years of Avraham, but not uh, regarding the years of Yishmael. Our second question was, what does Rashi mean by Ein Gviya Ela, Lenemra Gviya Ela B'Tzadikim? That the word Gviya, by Yigva, is only used regarding Tzadikim. Uh, the first thing that the Gerarye says about this is really stated by uh, many of the Mepharshim, is that there is a Gemara that clarifies that actually the word Gviya one can find in the Torah and in Tanakh being used even about some people who definitely were not Sadiqim. What Rashi means is Gviya V'yasifa, the combination of Vayigva and then Vayyosef El Amov, that is a combination which is only used regarding Sadiqim. But still, why? Why is this combination of Gviya V'yasifa something that is reserved for Sadiqim? The Maral here, the Gurarye, gives a very um, I would say characteristically profound explanation and characteristic of me. I don't quite grasp it, but I think it's worth reading through because it gives us some sense of Yishmael's greatness, at least at the time that he died. He was not just a, a non-sinner. He was uh, really something very great when he died, as we will see from here. The Gorari explains the word gvia to expire, refers to an absolute afisa, an absolute end and nullification of physical existence, as we'll see in a moment. And he writes further, A tzaddik, when he dies, he is completely separates from the body. The physical powers and capabilities and faculties end completely for him. Until finally his nefesh is completely sichli. His nefesh is completely separated from the body. His nefesh is completely intellectual and spiritual. And therefore, the, tzaddik, the tzaddik's death is referred to as Gviya al haguf. The guf is, the guf expires. The guf is erased. Shiyikne madregas aruchnis, in order that the tzaddik should now acquire the level of ruchnius, of pure spirituality. Aval harishoyim, but evil people, bavur ki nafsham ena zaku utahira because their nefesh is not clean and tahor, 
v'nafshem noite el haguf, and their nefesh leans towards the body, their nefesh has been overly influenced by the body, we cannot say about their nefesh gviya. The, the body is not totally removed from their soul. Their soul still remains with some reishim, some residue of physicality. And he further says, I'm skipping a, a number of lines, Okay, let, let's, let's leave it there. So in other words, by a tzaddik, there is a total cessation, a total end of the body, leaving the soul 100%, 100% pure, intellectual, and spiritual. By a Russia, no. By a Russia, that, 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 that nefesh never quite can separate itself from the goof. Uh, we see from here that um, if, if it says about Yishmael Gvia, or the combination of Gvia Asifa, which is reserved for tzaddikim, we're not just talking about um, you know, people who uh, generally do the right thing. Uh, all right, they're, they're more good than bad. No, we're talking about a very, very high spiritual level. And this is said about Yishmael. Now, this would not have been said about Yishmael if he had died many years earlier, when he was a Russia, but we see what Yishmael became after his father Avraham left this world. Our third question was, what does Rashi mean by saying that after Avraham died, that Yishmael was nafal, he fell? In what way did he fall? The commentary Eitz Yosef on the Midrash, and Rashi's commentary comes from the Midrash Rabbah, the commentary Eitz Yosef says that it does not mean that Yishmael fell in his sidkus, in his spirituality. It means he fell so from his success. As long as Avraham was alive, Yishmael was a successful person. He may not have been doing all the right things, but he had wealth, he had success, after Avraham died, Nafal, he fell from his success. He didn't, he actually became a tzaddik when Avraham died, but he fell in his worldly success. Because of his, because he lost the connection to his father Avraham. I think there's a, there's a lesson here, practical lesson, that a person can be a tzaddik, you can do everything that the Shulchan Aruch tells you that you have to do. But one still needs to have a connection to the Ovais. One still needs to have a, a connection to the, to the previous Doirais. That's part of what it means to be a Jew, is that you are connected to our forefathers and even to our uh, previous generations that are closest, closer to us. And that is part of, our, part of one's secret of success. One has to be connected. There is another explanation here. There is a super commentary on Rashi known as Be'er Basada. I've mentioned it now and again. And the Sefer Be'er Asada 
explains as follows. He begins with a question on the first Rashi that we learned in this Shia, that the, the Torah tells us how many years Yishmuel lived, and Rashi begins by asking a question. Why are the years of Yishmael counted here? Now, that Rashi is really taken from a Gemara in Meseches Megillah. And when the Gemara says, Lama nimnu Yishmael, Rashi there, in his commentary on the Gemara, says, Ma Rashi explains the Gemara's kashya, that the Gemara was bothered why should we, why should we, why should the Torah count the years of Rishoyim, of, of evil people? That's how Rashi explains the Gemara. But the author of Be'er Basada raises a question. What do you mean, Ma'lanu limnai shneisan shal Rishoyim? Why should we bother to count the years of a Russia? But Yishmael had been a tzaddik since, when, when Yishmael died, he was a tzaddik. He had been a tzaddik ever since his father Avraham had passed away. And he, at, at, at the burial of Avraham, he, he, uh, he, show, he gave precedence to his brother Yitzchak. That, that shows his tshuva. So, so why, why would Rashi say that here, regarding Yishmael's Misa, regarding Yishmael's death, Rashi refers to him as a Russia? So the Be'er Basada answers very interesting answer. I don't know what his source is exactly, but he says that Yishmael became a tzaddik. He did shuva and he became a tzaddik in the area of Surameira, of turning away from that which is evil. He stopped doing Averis. Previously, for many years of his life, he was a pera adam. He was a wild donkey of a person, and he was a reve kashos. He was an he was a, a, an archer and he stood out in the fields and he harassed people and shot at people and did all kinds of terrible things. When his father died, he did shuva. He stopped doing all of those negative activities. However, in the area of Asei Toiv, the area of doing good, he was still a Russia. And the, the, the Be'er Basada specifies in what way was he a Russia? He was a Russia. And that he, in, that, in this, that he did not guide his children to follow in Avraham's ways. Very interesting. Doesn't say he was lacking in Asei Toiv that he didn't do any mitzvahs. Presumably, if he's called a tzaddik, he must have done mitzvahs also. I mean, he must have been kind to people. He must have done something positive. Otherwise, I don't think we could call him a tzaddik. But he was a Russia because one very important mitzvah saseh, one very important component of doing good, he failed at. He did not guide his children to follow in Avraham's ways. And this explains the, the author of Be'er Basada. This is what Rashi meant, that Mishames Avraham nafal. That when Avraham died, Yishmael fell. Meaning, as long as Avraham was alive, he guided his children properly. Out of respect for his father, and under the influence of his father, and because he was presumably so impressed and so inspired by his father, he taught his children to be like Avraham. But when Avraham died, there was a very interesting transformation in Yishmael. 
and I don't fully understand it, but he began to be a tzaddik. He, he started to refrain from all of his evil ways, but he didn't teach his children. Didn't he, he didn't do much in the area of teaching his children to follow in the ways of Avraham. We mentioned before, uh, following a different thread of commentary, that, that part of being a Jew and part of being a tzaddik is to be connected to the previous generations. When Avram died, Yishmael failed at that. Yes, he, he did what was good. He, he did not do things that were evil. Presumably, he also did some things that were good. But he lost his connection with his father, Avraham, And therefore, that's what Rashi is saying, that once Avraham died, Nafal, Yishmael, fell. He stopped training his children and his descendants to go in the way of Avraham. I think from both of these commentaries, we see the same lesson, that you have to be connected to the previous generations, and you have to pass on what they taught, and, and you have to pass on their inspiration to the next generation.